Welcome to Not the Only Kids in All Podcast. We are not the only Kids in the Hall podcast, but we are one Kids in the Hall podcast that watches every episode of Kids in the Hall and talks about the sketches, analyzes them from a sketch comedy writing point of view, and just, you know, talks about what we like and don't like about the sketch. Um, and of course, we're joined as always by the two hosts of the show. I'm the co-host and these two guys are the hosts, uh, Amay Ludkin and Jared Emick. How are you doing, Amay and Jared? I'm good. It was interesting hearing you do that introduction because I think you added on a whole bunch of like new stuff that we haven't officially discussed. And it was interesting. I'm like, oh, that's what this is about. Okay, that's some official business right there. I didn't realize that I was a host and you were co-host. That makes me feel better. Um, Thank you. Was it a yeah, promotion I've... or was it? has it always been this way? It was a demotion, actually. <laughs> you were a producer. Self-demotion. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't think we... We haven't ever really explicitly said that the point of the podcast is to criticize each sketch and say what we like and don't like. That's just kind of what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say that the podcast right. doesn't have a point and we are just doing right. it for fun. That's but, true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we do I analyze mean, it's, the it's, sketches and we do talk about what we like and don't like about them. Mm-hmm. But That's I would right. like this and podcast to expand and encompass all the different subjects of the universe. Like, I'm open to talk about what wow. I like and don't like. Ever. This is a big turnaround, Amay. Yeah. The because... universe. I was going to say, Amay, you usually like to cut us off at the pass whenever we are having a <laughs> casual conversation. It's always your hand moves in a circular motion. You, you guys can't. This is an audio is a medium. Lie. But trust us, it's a large physical motion <laughs> that, that Amay usually makes in order to kind of move us along. Listeners, listeners, you can't see me, but I assure you, I do not do any such thing. <laughs> but you did well, say... Well, okay, let's vamp then. You did once say that you don't like at the beginning of podcasts when the hosts just talk about something other than the subject of the show. That's true, but you guys have browbeaten me into um, <laughs> oh, wow. pointless chat, so here we are. <laughs> well, and today's the perfect day for pointless chat because we have no no guest. It's just the three of us. Um, that's right and, and the kids just in us the and the hall. kids we're all in the hall together um and let's get started i'd say what is the um See, perfect intro here Nick? may is getting rested <laughs> <laughs> well right now jared is like taking off all his clothes and he's like showing us hey. his asshole it's really intense i don't I know i wish he was lying <laughs> Well, I mean, it's funny you ask, because today we're looking at the episode of The Kids in the Hall, season one, episode eight, from December 19th, 1989. And of course, number one on the charts in December 19th, 1989, uh, a song that we will hear again next week, because we already recorded next week's episode, a peek behind the curtain. And it's the same (laughs) song on the top of the charts in the US and Canada, both two weeks in a row, Another Day in Paradise by Mr. Phil Collins. Wow. I mean, what is there to say that hasn't already been said a week from now? I, I think, love that um, we're time traveling. <laughs> it's uh it's Phil. It's it's uh it's it's very in the air tonight. It's very, I say that because that's pretty much the only other Phil Collins song I'm I'm familiar with. What are some others? Um well I can read you the, his top top tunes on Spotify. Please. Okay. Against all odds. You Can't Hurry Love? Oh, that's a good one. You'll Be In My Heart from Tarzan. <laughs> oh, Tarzan. <laughs> and then Which the other Tarzan? two are... Dis- the Disney Tarzan? Yeah, he yeah he did a lot of songs to that Disney Tarzan. And, and of course, he did uh, Genesis, Sissa Studio, all those songs. Sissa Studio, yes. No, I'm familiar with that. A lot of his songs have like a slow burn. You 
Anyway. Yeah, at right. least the ones I know. Uh, okay. You can't hurry love. Is that the one that's like you can't hurry love? Oh, uh, why don't just you just hit play and we'll find okay, out? Okay, I guess I guess let's find out what song this is. Yeah, now this is a song. Is this really <laughs> Phil Collins? This sounds like down 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 down. It's the same beat as uh, that like Jet song. You know what I'm talking about? Um, Jet by Paul McCartney? No. Can't hurry love. Just have to wait. Okay, so this this is this a should co- be the podcast. This yeah. is a cover. The original was by the Supremes, of course. I should oh. have of course. No wonder it's the best song that he's ever recorded. Okay, and of course, number one movie uh, in December nineteenth, nineteen eighty nine, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, a classic. Ah, I enjoy. Now, what is your favorite, both you guys, National Lampoon movie? <sighs> You know, I think it has to be uh, Vacation, the original Vacation. Even though, you know, fa- my favorite, I think, would probably be Christmas Vacation, but I think Vacation is a better movie. I think I've seen Christmas the most. Um, I guess I agree with you. They both have uh, the same, like, the neighbor character who saves the day on Independence Day, right? That, that, that actor is in Yeah, both Rand- Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid, yeah. Famously um, uh, unhinged lately. Yes, wow. yes. Should we delve into that? Uh, Amay, do you have a favorite National uh, Lampoon? I'm sure you will both be shocked to hear this, but I've never watched a single National Lampoon film, and I intend to go to my grave without having ever watched one. Oh, it's Unless an we start a you, podcast you, about it. You, and then you made won't. a choice to not watch them. Or you it just wasn't a choice, it. but now it's just become uh, my reality. And it's I like a point of pride. So, Amay, you, this camp, you've never seen Van Wilder? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm surprised you've never seen. I, I'm surprised you've never seen uh, Christmas Vacation. That's that seems like that's always on TV. Uh, no, and, um, Animal House. You've never seen either. No. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to throw in one more piece seen? of no. one more piece of context. So this this the, episode eight aired December nineteenth, nineteen eighty nine. December seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. The premiere of The Simpsons. Oh wow! I just Simpsons started. I rewatched the, the first few seasons of The Simpsons during the pandemic. Because they, you know, I haven't watched the show in many, many seasons. I hope in the original aspect ratio. Yes, I try. I tried my best, but there, it's hard to find. Um, oh, it's wait, it's all on Disney no, Plus. It's, it's, you yeah, just but they chopped the it off. Oh, really? Okay, oh, well, may, you know, may, may. <laughs> so many missed gags, the like, sky <laughs> gags and ground gags. You're missing them both. Well, I usually read while I watch TV. How about that? Oh, um, anyway. Worse and worse. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to make my observation about The Simpsons if I can catch a break. And that is is that early on, there's like a lot of affection in the family. And then at a certain point, it just gets so nasty and they hate each other. And it's kind of sad. And would that certain point, I guess, be latter half of season two into season three? No, it happens a little later. I would say four or five. It starts Hmm. to happen. They always like they'll come back to the to like they'll have one or two heartwarming episodes every now and then, but yeah, and early on it was much more. Uh, well, I think when they get meta, it'll be just really depressing. It'll be like, oh, Marge being like, actually, I'm in an abusive relationship, you know? <laughs> just like, oh god, like a dramatic episode. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's I just know, like it's a throwaway like a, line. It's I don't like know a throwaway about, line. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about because it happens all the time. Great, oh, uh, great Marge, by the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, uh, well, what, what do you say we talk about the kids in the hall? That's a great idea. Okay, <laughs> let's let's start with. Uh, I'll I'll play the begin- I'll play a little bit of this 
I, maybe I'll just play the whole opening sketch since it's uh, short. Watch out, dude. Look out, Kev. Watch it, dude. Come at you, Kev. Look out, dude. Watch it, Kev. Watch out, dude. Look out, Kev. Here it comes, dude. Watch it, Kev. Watch it, Dave. Watch it, Kev. Watch it, Dave. Heads up, Kev. Well, look out, Dave. Come out back at you, Dave. Look out. Come on, man. I, I told you to look out for it. Weren't you listening? <laughs> Okay, and if you're just listening to this, you have no idea what just happened. But this was Mark McKinney uh, watching. It's basically just a shot of Mark McKinney sitting behind a ping pong table. We don't see who's playing ping pong. We just see the ball going back and forth. uh, And he's just narrating. Well, you heard what he said. And it's not a whole lot. (laughs) I have a question. Do you guys think he's supposed to be a child or an adult? No, I, I didn't read that as a child. I read as I read it as an adult. You think child? Well, I was wondering if maybe he's supposed to be like a teen boy who's annoying because that would kind of be a different character than just like a weirdo adult ping pong player. Oh, you think child? Well, not like maybe fourteen. <laughs> I just thought that was funny the way Jared said you think child. Um, oh, you think child? <laughs> um, I know. I, I read it as as Mark McKinney playing himself because he's talking about he's talking to david so no acting whatsoever it's just mark mckinney (laughs) (laughs) the sketch was starring mark mckinney as himself well well, he's he's talking to dave and kevin so i assume that's dave foley and kevin mcdonald playing i see i see so but uh yeah this is so this was a runner throughout the show um and it was uh just not a whole lot happening right like uh i think the best one is the first beat for me yes by far i thought the first the best one was the first beat um so i kind of liked it I, I i thought you know i mean it did to your point nick kind of feel like something that was probably hatched in the i don't know break room or somewhere where they have a ping pong table and they're actually playing i, I assume based off of him naming the other guys uh you know kevin and dave and i think it seems simple. It seems so just obvious and what he would do. But I feel like his he was very uh, meticulous about the differences in each word that he said. Like, come on, coming at you. Watch out. Here it comes. Like, I felt it was a perfect, like, alchemy of, like, just dumb kind of instinctive, like, <laughs> analysis of the game. Um, and I just thought it was funny because people do do that to a certain degree. And I think they don't realize it. Like, I don't know if you guys played a lot of ping pong or mm-hmm. tennis or any thing really where there's like two sides back and forth constantly i played a lot of badminton really yeah and do you do you get a lot of mindless viewers of like almost on every shot going like yeah you got it oh no yeah you got it um yeah i do (laughs) definitely think that this character is based on a reality which is like the annoying person on the sidelines that's a real thing (laughs) for sure right it it, Um, it just seemed very like uh and not the maybe it's not. I don't think it's a bad thing at all because I I did enjoy it. It was he Margini does a good job in the scene, but it just seemed like very much something right. that they did come up with in the in the writers' room while they were all uh, tired. They you know they'd probably been writing all day and they're like I, we, we need something and then they and then it's like oh Mark's doing this bit let's just make that uh, let's make that the scene. And then but they, that but that's what's wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. Oh okay. I thought I, I thought you were leaning into some sort of criticism. No, well, I have criticism. I think this episode is like one of the weaker ones we've seen in a while. Like, but it had a bunch of random throwaway lines that made me laugh throughout. But none of the sketches were. Yeah, well, this was kind of probably my favorite sketch, <laughs> or at least the favorite, the, my favorite part of a favorite sketch of the episode. Oh, really? Um, I like. Yeah, I liked a lot I'm of. I'm trying the, to. The I mean, we'll get to them. I'm trying to think about. 
Maybe well, I'm missing one. Or two. I mean, but, so, but, so uh, they, repeat, parts, they yeah. repeat this this scene. Did you have anything more to say about this? The, any of these uh, ping pong beats? I was just going to say that I agree with the May and that part two and three were lacking. And to me, it kind of it gave the sense of, well, we came up with this bit, the bit that we've been doing, the reason we wrote this sketch, and now it's a runner. And now we have to come up with two more ideas. What are two more like jokes that could happen? And I mean, they came up with jokes that could happen. But I mean, the the second beat, which was, I guess, I'm rooting for you, I'm rooting for you, I'm rooting for you, that just felt a little, like, almost once removed from the original premise. Like, it, it, there was not as much realism to me. Like, no one's saying that, whereas the first part felt like such a cool slice of life thing. This felt like it was forcing it a little. And then part three, um, I don't even that recall what happened. Part three was where he asked, is it my turn now? And then they just started playing again. Right. That felt almost like the week. It almost felt like it was de-heightening and maybe not structure but in terms of funny <laughs> i felt it got less and less funny as it went on yeah i could see that it, it, it's i mean i feel like this with a lot of their runners it's like this didn't need to be a runner this was probably would have probably just been better as one thing like uh as one blackout yeah do you feel that way about helen's no not about helen's helen's is great give me more helen's <laughs> <laughs> More than Honestly, right? No, the because whole, I think they're, the they're runners show, that are good. Or I think the whole good. show, I, mean, I, I think the whole show should just be Helens. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Should just be Helens That's and all. Thirty minutes of thirty Helens. Helens hey. and, and would you change your intro, Nick? Your your sacrosanct no, intro you, to? I, okay, you keep the kids you keep there, the but intro. then it's just Helens inexplicably. <laughs> they never show. <laughs> um. Well, man, let's. Hey, that'd why, be why hilarious. Why sure. don't we talk about the second scene, which yeah. is uh, called The Vacation. And it, it features the return of Fran and your, Gord. Your, your favorite characters. Let's, let's watch the beginning of this one. Number one is off. Number two is off. Number three is off. Number four is off. All the elements are off. Because elements. number one is off. Number two is off. Number three let's is go, off. Let's go, go, go. Let's go chase some scenery. Come on, let's go. What's the situation in here? Well, you know, I'm almost ready, but... Uh... Oh, Fran. Well? We're gonna get behind schedule. Schedule? Gordon, how could I follow this bleeding schedule if I don't know what it is? <laughs> Listen, I didn't have time in the schedule to explain the schedule to you. Uh... Yeah. Uh, they remind me so much of my parents, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask that. I was like, does it still feel comforting? Still. <laughs> so like, are you like the kid? What's his name, Brian? Oh, I wish that... Yeah, Dave Foley You is wish Brian. his name was Brian? No, oh. I, I wish I was that cool. <laughs> you mean like drinking beer and smoking weed? Yeah, I mean, I started doing that later in high Rock school. Rock and roll t-shirts. Yeah, he was wearing the Smith. We, that's the second time we've seen that Smith shirt on Dave Foley, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. Keep an eye out for that. <laughs> yeah. Probably his real shirt. Eggs, Probably though. a shirt he actually wore. Um, yeah, so th- this was a sketch. I, I, what would Who's you say sketch? the game of this sketch was? That, uh, oh, my ooh. God. This is like, just like family hates each other scene. I don't get it, it yeah. at all. It's it's kind of like a, I don't know, like a honeymooners, just like let's live in a kind of old school, like, you know, typical stereotypical family strife thing. I agree. I, I don't, I don't think you can say the sketch has a game, honestly. No, like, I think that's what, true. Yeah. What would it even be, really? Because there's they don't they don't they never focus on one thing. 
I mean, the only thing that they were focused on was the trip they were taking. But then when Foley walks in, they kind of stopped caring about the trip that they were about to take. Maybe I, I if, if I could, maybe if I could try to nail down the game, it would be uh, a f- the father, a father who uh, is excited to to start this vacation, but there <laughs> there are roadblocks in the family dynamic that keep it from happening. That's not a game. Nick. Hilarious. You just, you, just, you just read a synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Games are there usually were, two, like, three um, words. A couple lines that made me laugh. I like when the guy, when, you know, she's like, you bought our kids beer. He's only 16. You're grounded. <laughs> well, you bought me the beer. What, Gordon? He's only 16 and you bought him beer? What? You're only 16? <laughs> You're cut off, mister! Oh, jeez! Why don't you just cut out my heart and put it in the bird feeder, huh? You might as well. Because, you know, I mean... I love that, too. Cut out my heart and put, my heart and put it in the bird feeder. I, 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 I just think the performances of these two characters... Three characters. I think Dave Foley's great as a kid. I, I think I, I just think they're all great. I, I, lo- I love watching this family. I think it's really similar. Fun. I can't similar believe... to the last. Go ahead, I mean, You can't believe. It. I was just gonna. I'm just like shocked by that because to me, there's like a mo. It's like sort of funny, and then like there'll be something really ugly. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, but when... are you taking that ugly stuff seriously? I guess. Like, well, are you are, are you concerned for Scott? But Thompson? what does that even mean? Like taking it seriously? I think. I guess for me. So, like, at the end of the sketch, you know, Dave Foley tells his wife, his mother to shut up. And I and I knew as soon as Bruce McCullough's like, don't you dare tell your mother to shut up, that he was going to tell his wife to shut up. Sure. And, like, to me, being told to shut up by a guy is not funny because it's real. (laughs) And I don't want to fucking, like, it's just not a joke to me. It's not delivered in a way that's that funny. Yeah, it's just right. like an ugly I, thing that hints at abuse to me, which may, I'm sure they didn't think or meant to project at all. But I think that's what I mean by like an ugly thing sneaking in. It's not like a joke, like, oh, I cut my heart out and put it in the bird feeder, which is like an obviously absurd thing to say. Well, see, I, I, I don't think that that I mean, I think it is meant to not to meant to signify physical abuse, but it is meant to like show that the, these people are not should not be with each other. And uh and that they uh they they're not great people like Nick's parents. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm joking. Your no, parents... but I, but no, they they they, are, they they probably shouldn't you know stay together. Like, it, it, but it's the same thing. Like they these two people are not uh, in a loving relationship. You know. I mean, to, I cer- know, to a certain degree, they are. I don't why that's funny. <laughs> this is like sad. I, I don't know. Well, it's similar to like I mean. I get what do you we were talking about the Simpsons and like they have a lot of family. I mean, I know they don't maybe say shut up literally to each other, but they definitely have jokes in there that it's like, you know, Marge is the housewife, like Homer just like leaves his kid, like chokes his son. (laughs) I mean, like, I know it's a cartoon, but I feel like when you're there has to be some sort of leeway when it's like, you know, that the performers are self-aware of what they're doing, I guess. To me, like, I'm, I mean, this is easy for me, to, I guess, to say as just a white guy watching it. But I feel like when I'm watching this, back to what I meant by seriously, like, I just don't feel that they they set it up top how they're so ridiculous. She's turning off the burners, like, <laughs> one by one by one and then repeating it. Him, like, the way McCullough is just, like, so just <laughs> over the top about every single little thing. I mean, I, love his I don't know. Out- I, I love almost his feel like it's costume here, too. 
Yes, a great costume. I feel like they're just doing their best to mock looks like Hunter uh, this Thompson. type of dynamic. He does look like Hunter. Yeah. So he's got the floppy hat. The I think how seriously you take this depends on your own relationship to this sort of dynamic. Maybe. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think it's, I mean. It, it, I mean, I've been around people in my family, not my parents. They're divorced. So they, you know, they've set this aside. But I've definitely been around couples who, you know, I think like it just borders on verbal abuse and it's really unpleasant to be around. So when I hear this, I'm just like. There, no, to I me, there's that. not enough funny about it that is, like, elevating it to comedy versus, like, a slice of life. And if, if what we're seeing is just a slice of life, fair enough. But I think it's being presented as a sketch. Well, well tell me if you think this is bullshit, because it very well could be. But, I mean, I think that kind of the lack of a game almost exacerbates the problem that we're discussing. Because I feel mm-hmm. like it's so... If you had something super silly to focus on... That was clearly kind of heightening, and the sketch was about something other than just the family being who they are. Then maybe it wouldn't be as bad. Then we, maybe we would see it more as like a backdrop to, you know, whatever the joke is. But since the joke is just them, <laughs> I think it would be something. Then, I think it would be something different because I think this is supposed to be like a slice, of, maybe not a slice of life, but a character piece, uh, mm-hmm. and just a piece about dysfunctional families. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. I uh, I did. I mean, I much like the last sketch with these characters, as you guys were discussing. There, there are so many good, just like throwaway lines. That I I hope that this kind of trend continues whenever these characters show up. Uh, but let me just run through some of the one of the was the Q tips. Where is it? Is a thousand enough? And he goes, ha ha ha. <laughs> that that was really funny. Um. If you don't get in Bluey right now, like just the car is named Bluey. I feel right. like that is such a relatable thing. I I, uh, I think my dad had a name for our car that was uh, the Streak, Blue Streak. And it was like it had like a like a stripe across it. And that's why I called it that. And like every I feel like a nickname for a car like that that's just dropped in was a very funny, subtle detail. Um, there's $40 in the crisper. That just made yeah, me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just I don't a know. very... It's a very... I, 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 they feel like a very a weird real one. family. Like it's, a, I think I said last time we we saw a sketch of them. It's like a lived-in scene. It, another one I liked was when um, uh, Fran t- asked uh, Dave Foley's character, "You need some money?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> Just the way he said, "Yeah," I was like, very, like yeah, "I like what she tells him that if he's gonna get drunk, do it in the basement so he doesn't fall down the stairs." <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, hey. let's move on to the. Um, I want to say about this next sketch that, yeah, when it started, I mean, I don't really love the premise necessarily. I don't know. But the way it started and the way Mark McKinney and Kevin McDonald were like being characters, it really made me miss performing sketch because they look like they're having a lot of fun. Well, they're, they're dressed in crazy outfits, too. I love <laughs> yes, it. I was like, I want to do this sketch and be in it. Let's, wa- <laughs> let's watch the beginning real quick. I know that guy. I know that guy. I know that guy. I know him. I know that guy. I know that guy. I know him. I know that guy. I know that guy. Where do I know him from? I know him. I know where I know him from. Hi. Do you remember me? Uh, no. St. Elmo's High! Fight, fight, fight! I, uh, I didn't go to St. Elmo's. You didn't go to St. Elmo's? No. <laughs> so, that's okay. <laughs> 
Should we keep McDonald watching? McDonald is great. <laughs> we, we didn't even get to like the main line. But yeah, I love Mc- yeah. Kevin McDonald's reaction to that. Yeah, uh, it's just, so good. Yeah, just mocking him like, like you were wrong. Well, they're also all weird. They strike me as all weird characters. Like I know Foley's sort of the straight man in this sketch, but by the end of yeah. it, not really. Well, we should des- kind of, that, that that makes it better. We should describe what they're wearing because it is hilarious. Like, so Mark McKinney's wearing this like weird cream uh, suit with a giant tie, and has this crazy mullet wig. He kind of I, I thought he looked yeah, like the wigs. The wigs are out to play in this sketch. I mean, it's only he, that's sketch. only the only one wig. The only I wig. don't think anyone else is wearing a wig. No, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin McDonald just has a crazy that's, big That's crazy the real thing hair. for McDonald? Oh, yeah. wow. I think huh. he just, like, you know, fluffed his hair out in the way he does it usually, so it looks bigger. Yeah. And Kevin McDonald's wearing, uh, like, a pink dress shirt and uh, a, a denim jacket, which is just a funny company. <laughs> I think it's, I think it, it they, they look particularly funny because they're at this, what it's i think is supposed to be kind of a an upscale restaurant with like a yes. pink tablecloth and like a, a you know, fancy silverware and stuff and, and they're drinking champagne um but yeah just i i, I thought that uh mckinney kind of looked like unfrozen caveman lawyer in uh in, in his outfit <laughs> yes yes uh but so the, the game this scene is that uh I shouldn't say the game is seen because I don't have something. I don't have something uh, uh, quick and, and snappy to. Well, to say. basically, what is happening is that these guys. It's revealed that these guys were on a chain gang together, and David Foley is denying that he remembers right. the situation, which is obviously absurd because right. how would you See, forget something like that? Yeah. So I right. guess like the joke is like running into someone who you know from somewhere. I would uh, say the game would be like old college friend. But on a chain gang. Yes. Yeah. Very, very good. Very good, Jared. Thank you, Jared. That's Thank like you. Thank you. Mod and... <laughs> I was too. So was Nick. <laughs> well. Um, yeah, I also loved uh, Kevin McDonald's character was named Skinny Pete. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, what is that from something or is it just used just all the time? Is it like in the public domain, Skinny Pete? I feel like so many things are named Skinny Pete. Is that just me? I don't know. I've heard that. It before, sounds familiar. You guys? Uh, Are you trying to make us make us call you that, like as a new nickname? Skinny Pete. Sure, Skinny Jared. Skinny Jared. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't quite sound as cool as Skinny Pete. Amazing. No, so you haven't been. When was the last time you performed sketch comedy? Um. Wow. I don't know. I guess. I was at UCB in New York. I think probably wow, not that long that. before I left. Or LA because there I mostly did improv in Los Angeles so yeah but this kind but, of is certainly pre-COVID but yeah. but maybe yeah. even a, a few years before yeah I guess so and this That's made you want to do this made you want to do it some more do well I more. love performing live in front of an audience it's so fun and I, I think that I'm a better sketch performer than an actor. So. <laughs> I, uh, you were you were so fun uh, back on our Boogie Manja days. May were oh, and yes. I were on a team, and I was writing, and she was performing, and those were the days. Remember those that sketch you days. pitched? Uh, what was the? It was the um, you would it was like a Wayne's World wedding situation where somebody came to interrupt the wedding. You don't remember this? Oh right, right, right. <laughs> I wrote that sketch. Yes, yes, you wrote that sketch and performed and and performed in it, right? I don't think I am in it. I was in it. Anyway, it was a great sketch just for anyone listening and who hasn't seen it. And we'll put the, link in the, put the link in the show notes. Might as well, right? <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and the game was basically you turn the guy down, right? Uh, yeah, the game of the sketch was like somebody showing up to like and interrupt a wedding, and then the bride is like, "We had a one night stand. Like I barely know you." I think. Yes, uh, it was so long yes. ago. I don't even remember. Yes. Anyway, I think I saw that you were grounding the Wayne's World thing, and like you just run up to my wedding, like yelling pounding on the glass oh like, that's what you, you meant me by wayne's you? world i wasn't sure what you meant either jared i was like what Cause Cause that's, oh oh i'm sorry <laughs> i thought that was kind of an obvious reference you know you uh, know that wayne's why world is wayne's world the most obvious reference you, when it's clearly well, like wedding and the wayne's graduate world that's a parody of the graduate jared <laughs> No, the Wayne's I World know, seems know, a parody of the graduate. Comedy. I understand. I understand, guys. I understand that it's a parody of the graduate. I'm saying it, it was my go-to because it was a comedic take on that. So I figured, you know what? You guys are right. I should have never brought this up. Well, let's I basically wrote Wayne's World, I think, is the conclusion. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's okay. I, I wrote down another timestamp. So let's see what this is because I don't remember. Now, maybe uh, after you're done uh, working, me, you and uh, Skinny Pete can go out and grab a beer. Well, I'm, I'm meeting someone. Who? A, a friend. Someone from the chain gang? Well, actually, I've sort of lost touch with the gang. <laughs> what? Hey, man, you shouldn't lose touch with your chain gang. Well, there you go. Hey, do you remember Tim Morris? Mm. The guy that worked up at... I guess that was it. I liked the line, Oh, man, you shouldn't lose touch with your chain gang. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's a, one of those weird sketches where I feel like I'm being really hypersensitive because I do just think that the spec... Like chain gangs are such a horrible grim awful part of the america that i'm just like so grossed out by it but it's also just like such an absurd premise that's still making me like laugh <laughs> i'm just like i don't know how to feel about this one but i'm airing my thoughts about it since that's the point of the podcast yeah i i, I agree yeah. i i liked i i, I I, I gotta admit, I, that didn't cross my mind, but that that makes a lot of sense. Same. I, I guess maybe, and that's probably just me being naive, but it just struck me as like a kind of a weird, fun detail. Um, but yeah, I guess it's grim and real. I think I think a lot about uh, the prison industrial complex, probably yeah. more than I should bring up in a podcast about kids and all, but I did think no, about I mean, that it's, immediately. It's, the sketch is about <laughs> that. So. The premise of it, of like being, you know, like if there were any other thing comparable to a chain gang, of like being tied to someone for months on end, working together, and then to act like you don't know who they are, like obviously that's funny. I mean, I just <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I had fun it's wondering, terrible. like, why, like what happened to them? Like, how they did they ever address that? Oh, why, why? they were? I think they, they sort of implied Dave Foley's a murderer. Well, they said they said he uh, caved somebody's skull in, but that was somebody on the chain gang. <laughs> uh, well, I like I like this part too. Let's let's watch it. Bob, hello, Skinny Pete. Hey. He always had a crush on you. Shut up! Yeah, you did too. I can't believe you told me that. You did. The whole bunkhouse. Does the whole restaurant have to know? I just thought that was funny. <laughs> the way he reacted to it. Yes, Kevin's response is so cute. It really does seem like someone who has a crush. <laughs> um, Agreed. He does a great job in the sketch. Yeah, he does. Well, okay, so okay. the next sketch is uh, it's called The Banker Doesn't Like Us. Uh, and these these two guys, I, I believe, are characters that we see again later in the show in the series. Uh, the nobody likes us guys, but uh, yeah, let's watch the beginning. I didn't like them. They're right. Okay. <laughs> Gentlemen, in reviewing your financial situation, 
We've determined that you have no collateral, no previous experience running a business, not even a credit rating. Gentlemen, you haven't even been able to produce any identification. I feel it would be inadvisable of the bank to approve a loan at this juncture. I'm sorry. You don't like us. That's what this is all about, really, isn't it? I told you, it's all a popularity contest. Gentlemen, it's nothing personal. Nothing personal? You don't like us. That's nothing personal. You'll be sorry when we're dead. Bet you will. Bet you will. Bet you. Bet you. Bet you will. Bet you will. And then they hang themselves in her backyard or front yard. Um, they sure do. Um, you know, I call me crazy. I like the first part of this sketch before they actually hang themselves. I thought that uh, I'm not gonna call you crazy. Kind for that. Of, okay, thank you. Would you call me very sane? Uh, yeah, no, I thought it was great. Funny. I thought that was funny. I thought this little I, bit I of think, watch was funny. Yeah, I thought it was kind of like a good description of like privilege, sort of. I thought it was like these characters were just kind of expecting that, you know, they'd get the loan or whatever. And I thought it was a fun metaphor of like, I don't know, I know so many people who are just like, why didn't I get this job? Why didn't I get this? It must be they don't like me or they don't like I feel like I know people who have this perspective on life. Um, so I kind of appreciated that. I thought it was pretty funny. I think they could have maybe heightened like their lack of qualifications even more. And then they could have maybe just built that and they could have given even more reasons why they would never have a loan. And, uh, but for some reason they almost sort of like stopped the sketch that they started with and then just leaned into this hanging shit, which was so just flippant and like. Yeah, so they... I don't know, over the top in a they, terrible way. They hang themselves on in a tree in front of the, the banker's yard, and then we come back to the scene uh, at the end of the show, and they're still hanging there, and they're still alive, but they're they're hanging from the tree and, like, fighting with each other on the... pushing each other around from the nooses. Um, yeah, it was very shocking visual, because they kind of, like... It happened very right suddenly, yeah. Yes, so they like kind of walk off screen and then they like drop into this shot again, hung. So it's like really creepy in a way. It's uh, very unsettling. Yeah. I think, yeah, for me it doesn't really work, but what did make me laugh was Scott Thompson as the bank teller pretending to get a phone call where she (laughs) goes like, and then picks up. Yeah, (laughs) great, like police academy quality, like sound effect. Yeah, it was good. Um, Yeah, I understand why you guys didn't like like it but and maybe it's just because i remember watching this when i was a kid but i i, I thought it, I, I i i thought it was funny <laughs> just that these two guys think just two jerks thinking we'll show i'll sh- we'll show her we'll kill ourselves and then she'll be sorry and then we actually i guess i just why i guess why do they maybe it's just you know I don't know. The world is different back then when they're trying to make comedy and knowing what's going to play a certain way. And we're looking at it through a different lens. But I just wish they killed themselves in basically any other way. (laughs) I mean, like, just fucking jump in the tub with a toaster or just, I don't know, fly off the roof. And you guys know how to kill yourselves. I I don't have to go through each option. But suffice it to say, this was my, (laughs) oh, yeah, I got a list. Um, Because you think it has, like, like, racial implications? 
A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely didn't think that I, when I was a kid, but no, but it definitely did cross my mind watching it now. But um, yeah, uh, we'll we'll see more. The tree part too. It's like they could well, have I even think... done it in a garage or something, and I right. would have been less kind of creeped out. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like there's certain kinds of violence that conjure up too much reality in comedy. And I think that's why a lot of violence in comedy is just like wild slapstick that's so removed from how people actually are injured. So when you see this kind of very real and um, memorable violence that, you know, conjures up real historical violence and things we've seen, it's just like has a completely different effect of taking you out of it. This like it needs to be something stupid and it's not it's like it looks so real except for the fact that they remain alive it's just like this was like a, a point of contention shooting this um because uh kevin mcdonald didn't he, he felt that and i think this was like true according to you know everyone else that the director the person that was directing all these film pieces at the beginning of the show he just didn't really like Kevin McDonald. He thought he wasn't funny. Um, and so there was a lot of uh, tension there. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and read this thing from the biography. So Foley reached his own breaking point while on location shooting one of the recurring Nobody Likes Us pieces. In the sketch, Foley's McDonald's stat sack characters appear to hang themselves in front of a bank manager's house after failing to secure a loan. According to Foley, after having gone over the fake hanging in pre-production weeks in advance... They arrived at the location to find their director giving what appeared to be last-minute instructions to the riggers about the noose. Fearing for, his safety, fearing for his safety, fully lost his temper and stormed off the set. Robert wouldn't let the director of photography see any of the scripts beforehand, remember, so they'd typically arrive at a location not knowing what they were shooting that day. I said, all right, now you're actually endangering my life. I got really mad at him and wandered off. When I came back from my little walk, Cindy and I blocked the whole, out the whole day with the DP and the rigger. Robert was told to just shut up and stay out of the way. Uh, so this was... I guess that doesn't wow. provide a whole lot wow. of insight into the sketch, but tension. Yeah. Tension. I feel the tension in that. It was also <laughs> he's so frustrated and now he's afraid for his life. That's very tense. I found this from a blog. I'll put the, the source, the blog source in the description of the, of the episode. But Kevin said on the commentary track for the, for this, for this uh, episode that during the scenes where they're strung up the, on the nooses, he hadn't got a dental procedure and he was completely out of it on painkillers. Wow. So, it wow. seems like it was oh, been a, a crazy lot of day. Bad vibes coming off of this, uh, <laughs> this scene, basically. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's move on to this buddy Cole monologue, Dinosaurs. But lately, there have been some ominous developments in the gay bar community, which I would like to share with you. Just last week, I was at Bloomies having a smart cocktail at the bar, talking to my friend Tom. You know, Tom, Tom the bartender. When all of a sudden, a Tyrannosaurus Rex walked in. I couldn't believe it. What a bore. So that's basically the game of the scene is that uh, dinosaurs start coming to the gay bars in Toronto. <laughs> and Buddy Cole's just kind of describing it. I, I thought this was a fun idea. I, I kind of yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. Amay, you, uh, you often say that, oh, this, this reminded you of uh, Stefan from uh, the Weekend Update character. And this one definitely reminded me of Stefan. Just the idea of like some... Just uh, like describing random crazy shit happening in, in bars, I, I don't know. Yeah, 
Maybe I bring Stefan up a lot because he's one of the few SNL characters who has uh, regularly made me laugh. But <laughs> but definitely this one. And I thought this was like a fun, silly idea. Just like complaining about all the different dinosaurs that are ruining gay culture <laughs> by like biting people's heads off and interrupting. And, you know, when he described like the T-Rex's little arms and he was how he's like mincing around the dance floor. <laughs> it made me laugh a lot. Yeah, his little hands and he like does a thing. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was super funny. I think it's just one of it's one of the uh, few premises that I feel like I've seen so far that would like be pitched as like an alt comedy like premise today. It's yeah. it felt very modern because it is so like it is just so. I mean, I hate to use the word random, but it is just random. Like, to, like it's just <laughs> you could uh, you could have written this sketch with a uh, like a word generate like a random word generator and just pairing yeah. two different ideas like gay bar right dinosaur now now how do you guys feel about the end i was gonna ask the same thing (laughs) where they apparently went through the trouble of getting this t-rex costume (laughs) for a one second walk-on to set up possibly the worst blackout line well (laughs) any episode i've seen so far let's 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 watch the the blackout line here (laughs) the dinosaurs enter the scene Get extinct. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad black outline. <laughs> Get extinct. I mean, I it was like the it. worst I joke of the sketch. You... It's so stupid. I mean, and bad. It, it fits. It fits it's so stupid. I think it fits bad. Buddy Cole. It fits, it's like some like a withering line <laughs> yes. he would say to a dinosaur. Uh, I do like. Right. I like the way the dinosaur looks. It's it's a terrible. Like the bottom half of the costume is terrible. The 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 the. Well, he's like a leather daddy dino. Yeah, yeah, it looks like uh, green sweatpants on the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> but the uh, yeah, the, the leather, he's wearing a leather jacket that looks really cool. He's he's like smoking a cigarette and he's got like a like one of those leather right. hats Hold, on. holding up a cigarette in a, in a way that is very unnatural, but obviously to play to camera so people notice it. Also, it's he's like the only just way holding that... it vertically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that this sketch is a good argument against David Bloodland's conspiracy theory that. Uh, everything is canned laughter wise because people start <laughs> laughing before the dinosaur actually appears on screen so you must have yeah. been walking across the stage right I, the whole sketch reactions felt pretty realistic from the audience you know it's funny I was going to say that the first scene the ping pong scene was a good argument for the idea that there was plenty of canned laughter but that, that, mm-hmm. that was a that was a, a film s- sketch they, at best they, they filmed it and then showed it for a live audience but uh, just I felt like the uh the laughter was incongruous with what was happening. Right. Okay. Right. So we've got evidence for both ideas right now. <laughs> I think it's a mix. One. I think there was, I'm sure there was some canned laughter in the show, but I think there, but I think, uh, the, I think the live sketches were largely, uh, just performed for enthusiastic audiences that enjoyed them. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, maybe it's just some meteor joke over the get extinct. You really like get extinct, guys? <laughs> I think it. I think it Listen, fits Buddy I, Cole. Come up with some ideas. Give us some uh, some alts. Um, just... Why? Yeah, there's a. Uh, I mean, honestly, what do you say that's funnier than this ridiculous? How, wait, I got. I got one. Costume. Okay. Go ahead, Nick. Go fuck a meteor. <laughs> <laughs> right. You did it. You out. Did you out pitched kids in the hall. We should get Nick's blackout line on, on every sketch. Yeah, I think that should be a new bit for our production. 
Okay. Well, okay. So let's move on to the sketch that uh, we don't really we we've uh, we were wondering how we should talk about, which is the second Kiznall's instance of blackface. Uh, Tony comes to dinner where Scott Thompson plays uh, David Foley's girl uh, boyfriend uh, uh, coming to meet Dave's Dave Foley's uh, character's parents. Uh, and Can I, he, my main thought about this was like, I think the premise of this sketch is stupid, even if they like yes. hired a black man to perform it. Yeah. What's the point? The fact making? that they did the fact that they didn't, I mean, yes, blackface is totally offensive, but also it's like, it adds nothing. It's not a character that Scott Thompson is doing. He's just himself painted brown. And the premise of the sketch is that like this white woman is dating a black man and and she believes her parents to be racist in a way where like she's I guess being pictured as being hypersensitive and she's taking everything that her parents say as like some racist comment to her boyfriend. So it's just like totally bizarre. Like I it's like it, we talk about punch. It's like we talk about like it's like they yeah it was like they don't we don't have any black people on our team so I guess one of us has to do it and it's like no you don't have to do this sketch at all like there's nothing here it's just ridiculous the, all, all they're saying like they're saying the this this could have been a sketch that aired on like whatever that Fox News uh, late night talk show is like the Greg Gutfeld show you know the the point they're making <laughs> I'm not familiar with that the point Gutfeld <laughs> exclamation point sure I love it the point they're making is that like. Uh, so, pr- progressive y- young people aren't really it's progressive. Formative. Well, I, what the point right. they're making is that like progressive young people aren't really interested in progressive ideas. They're just acting out against their parents. You know, that's like, I, yes, what, what, why yes, are we... that or yes, yes. I think a combination of either like just being performatively, you know, progressive or woke or whatever it is, or or yes, acting out against your parents. But uh, I mean, I agree with both you guys. It was. Each joke just brought a new level of just kind of cringiness and offensiveness. I mean, you couldn't really have a. It it, it didn't work. I mean, <laughs> it's just there. It, it, the the blackface just as you would expect left no room for the sketch to work or be funny. It just when the whole premise is hinged on on that and uh, and like you guys said, being a bad premise. Why did I? I don't know. It just sucks. It, it mean, would have been a better to end with it too. It would have been a better sketch if they had just written it from a perspective they know about, which would be like Scott Thompson, uh, as uh, as like the the boyfriend of of a of of, of uh, a Dave Foley, like as a as a if if, if it was like about yes. bringing home a gay your gay boyfriend, like bring sure. like a, a gay a gay son bringing home his boyfriend and the. And, the, and they're both gay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a gay relationship where it's, one gay person. I was trying to, I was trying, gay person. I was trying to like, because I, because I, as I was talking, I realized, oh, but Dave Foley was playing a woman in the sketch. I had to make it clear that I'm saying not just that he brings home Scott Thompson, that he brings home a, a boy. That's a, 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 they're both boys. Yeah, yeah. You, you did right, say right. the word gay. <laughs> okay. I said it too. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's really true, Nick. I think that would have worked a lot better because it would have, yeah, come from a real experience and and made sense. Like, you know, I mean, that's, I feel like I, when I say this, it sounds like I'm saying that the racism isn't the biggest issue. Obviously it is. But I'm also just saying that, like, the choices they make to be super racist often don't even support or, like, lend right. anything to their work. So it's just, like crazy on so many different levels that I, don't I think that's a great point and it also makes me 
you know, think of this fact that, you know, Nick brought up in the past episode of them, you know, almost being proud of how, you know, uh, I guess offensive or, or like overly irreverent they are and like trying to, you know, not shy away from that and think, oh, maybe in our future live shows, you know, we'll do it again, you know, whatever. And uh, it just between that, putting the sketch last, having the sketch be kind of, you know, the length that it is and and just being so unapologetic about it, it you almost and and the and the humor not working you almost get the sense that they're just doing it just to do it like it's not yeah. a jimmy fallon thing where or a you know jimmy kimmel thing where they are doing a bit and they just want to do an impression of a celebrity that happens to be black obviously that's offensive too but it feels it feels less so than this because it it, it feels like they're they're doing a whole comedy piece just to just to do it. Yeah. It definitely like yeah. seemed like something that they did for the shot. Another value. bummer point from Jared Emick. <laughs> yeah. And then it cuts to some more of the hanging. So it kind of like overall exactly. did not work for me. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer um, of an episode. Uh, yeah, I think the only great highlight was the T-Rex leather daddy costume. I mean, I personally, I liked... Uh, and the open. The open did make me laugh when I first saw it. I liked the Fran and Gord sketch, and I liked... I, li- I did like... I like that sketch, I did too. like the chain gang sketch. Um, it wasn't great, but I thought it was it was fun. And then, yeah, the Buddy Cole monologue I thought was it was pretty good. Why in the... Uh, what's the, What are the characters' names, uh, Nick, the family? Who and who? Fran and Gord. Yeah, in that sketch, why did they have a Princess Diana photo, like an oversized <laughs> Princess Diana photo on the bridge? Well, they're can, they're Canadian, like, so like she like you know they're Canadian. It's a constitutional monarchy. So, I see. I think they I think they're just uh, an answer. Yeah, I think they're just they're, the Queen is a recurring character later in the series that Scott Thompson plays. They're, they're, de- okay, royalty okay. is definitely like I can see that. Yeah, you know, something they come back to. Oh. Um, well, we got through a difficult episode together, uh, <laughs> and I'm proud of us. There's something I wanted to say that I oh now I remember what it is. I have never seen Caddyshack either. Oh, oh that's boy. not that's not a National Lampoon, but uh, I know. I'm just saying it's another it's another movie. I, I don't seen. think you need to seek that. And one it's out. another one that you are are you don't want to see just to kind of just to kind of make me mad or. Yeah, <laughs> you specifically, Jared. I Jared, are you a big that. Caddyshack guy? I am sort of. Yeah, I love Caddyshack. Oh, I, I don't um, like it. Yeah. You don't like it, really? You don't think it's good? You're not a Dangerfield guy in general? Oh, I love Dangerfield. Dangerfield's not the star of the movie. <laughs> I mean, he's in it a lot. You know, it's mostly about two kids, two teenagers that are like, like they're probably like fifty percent. They're probably fifty percent of the movie, and then like the the funny characters are the other fifty percent. They kind of split that fifty percent. And Bill Murray is, you think, is kind of unfunny or Bill Murray, not, not talented? That's definitely not his best role, but that, but he's only like 5% of the movie. I'd say Dangerfield's probably 10%. Bill Murray's 5%. Chevy Chase is 15%. Uh, and then you got like How? 50% just these two kids that I don't give a shit about. Uh, I may, wow. I may, maybe just watch like the best of on on YouTube or something. Best of Caddyshack. Yeah. Pick your like favorite a, performers. Like a compilation. Yeah. <laughs> That's Watch, all you need to I guess see. between the 10% of, let's see, Chevy Chase and the 12%. I mean, as long as you watch 33% of the movie, you'll probably be satisfied. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch Point Break again. That's one of my favorite Ooh, 80s movies. Point Break. Yeah. That's a movie that I can get behind. Amay, how do you feel? Are we going to see that on the countdown? No. 
that's too early for the countdown. I think that's in the, the 90s. Uh, I think that's like a mid early 90s, 90s maybe. maybe. Uh, May, how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about the fast the first Fast and the Furious movie? I tried to watch it recently. Actually, I was like, everyone raves about these movies, says how good they are, and I like stupid action movies quite a lot. But I found it really tedious. I was like, where really? is the fury? Where which, is which the one? fastness? The first one. I tried to start from the oh, beginning because I was gonna say it's based. It's it's just Point Break. Like the story is exactly the same as Point Break, basically. Right, but it doesn't have Keanu Reeves or Patrick no. Swayze. But I well no, but I think Vin Diesel or Tank Girl. Vin Diesel's pretty pretty good in that movie i'm not a vin diesel head no i may i'm not i haven't i mean i'm not a completist in in general with these things but i have i just jumped in and i i think i saw five before fast five and then i saw Mm -hmm. f9 and man nine was great (laughs) i really thought it was super funny and interesting (laughs) yeah backwards or just like i don't know i I think order of rotten tomatoes rating or something it's like just go with the best ones it really doesn't matter the story you really only need to see the spectacle the only really good ones i think are fast five fat and uh the first fast and furious and then uh but you didn't like the first fast did you see f9 Nick? no i I liked f9 a lot but i it is it is just a spectacle it's just ridiculous but uh Right, and, and, no, well, and I do love the flashbacks sort of. too. I, anyway, it doesn't. But no, yeah, it, 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 F, Fast Nine is or F Nine, whatever they call it. It is like probably my third favorite of, the, of those movies. Whatever that's worth. A lot of magnets. I don't want to give anything away, but it's a big magnet movie. Anyway, guys, we're getting off topic. <laughs> yeah, this has been a great one. I'm glad we got to share this together. Jared, and, uh, did um, we get your uh, scene of the show? Your or what, what did you call it? Your sketch of the. My sketch of the app. Sketch of the app. You know, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, <laughs> gosh, if I had to, if I could split up the runner and that counts, which is my segment, so I can and it does, I'll go with the first part of the ping pong. Okay. That's my sketch of the app. I thought it was just uh, super observational, super funny, and one of the few times I've enjoyed Mark McKitty on camera. And Nick's wow. scene of the... F stream <laughs> scene of the stream. Now, I'm gonna go with Nick's scene of the app is the vacation. I liked the uh, Fran and Gord scene. That was fun. Ooh, that would okay. be my second place. Amay, you got one. Um, I guess Buddy Buddy Cole. No, uh, no. Do you have a name for this for your segment? Is what I'm. <laughs> oh, you're right. I think I was just. <laughs> yeah, we don't have no, any interest I... in your favorite sketch. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite uh, sketch segment? Oh, God. I guess between the two of you, I think Jared has a better name for his. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what does that mean? You're going to take it? Oh, yeah. We're yeah. asking what the name of your segment is, Amaze. Amaze. Yeah, we're asking oh, for yours. I, I haven't come up with anything. I'm sorry. I don't really have a segment. Um, Amaze. Uh, yay. Yeah, Amaze, best yay. Of, best of the rest. Um, okay. So you're not allowed to choose one of the okay. ones that Jared and I chose. That's interesting. I said Buddy Cole. Yeah. Okay. My well, great. Well, hey, we did it. We recorded another episode. Uh, thank you for listening. If you, <laughs> hey, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, at kids, at kids in the Pod. Send us an email at kidsinthepod.gmail.com if you have any thoughts on any future episodes or this episode of The Kids and All. And, uh, oh, rate and review the show on iTunes if you can on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, wherever you can read. Has anyone rated us yet? I don't think so. Last time I checked, nobody had rated us, which is... Mm. Not, not well, if we, word of mouth is to believe... You know, we could, believe, we could rate us. We're killing it. 
We could what? We could rate us. We should do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could rate us. Three five stars right there. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Until next time. We're good. Until next. Oh, uh, May, people should be pre-ordering your book. Yeah, let's oh, let's start plugging. I don't this really thing. want to attach my book to this horrible racist episode. Okay, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the next one. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, keep keep okay. crushing the heads. Okay.